a playlist original. It's your host, Tori, and who is ready to be petty? Welcome back to another episode of RTBB. I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad that I'm talking with Jenna from Date Card Pod and <laughs> Super Massive Twilight Hole and You Fancy a Fine Podcast and Roses for Everybody. <laughs> We're talking about, and just like that, season two, episodes one to three. I'm so excited to cover these episodes and I know not a lot of you are watching but maybe this episode will convince you to check it out because it's it's been really fun this season. Uh, Cringe as always but fun and I got to talk to Jenna twice this week. We also covered Colleen Ballinger and Olivia Rodrigo's new music, her new song Vampire uh, which was on episode 146 which I will put the episode link in the show description so if you enjoyed my conversation with Jenna here you can check that one out as well this episode is brought to you by my friend Angie's (laughs) crave account I appreciate her sharing her password with me and then my emotional support person during watching these episodes Denny because I really truly couldn't watch these episodes without you and I'm excited to cover the entire season. I am covering episodes four to seven with Lisa from Lisa Rants and episodes eight to eleven which is the finale with Maddie from Parked Car Combos. So those episodes will come out at the end of July and end of August respectively and because that's when they will be out. I want to say also this episode obviously contains spoilers for episodes one to three, uh, but a little bit of a spoiler for the whole season. So if you don't want spoilers or you're not up to date, uh, watch the episodes and then come back. And I want to say that we use explicit language in this episode, just like, you know, Samantha would (laughs) eating brunch with the girls. Okay, I think that's it from me. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. Here's my convo with Jenna. <laughs> Perfect timing. <laughs> Literally. Oh, Jesus, the COVID of it all. Oh, yes, let's talk about it. COVID of it all. We're starting now. (laughs) Yes. Okay, literally, though, the COVID plotline, why was that the most realistic thing this show has seen? (laughs) (laughs) Screamed my ass off. And it's so, like, I just got COVID, like, last month for the first time. And I was like, wow, me and Carrie are, like, just like we're twins. soul sisters like, hey. yeah. it was yeah. so fucking funny and yeah I mean just very relatable <laughs> extremely relatable and just like the conversations they were having about COVID was like when you know it's like oh you're just getting it now it's like I was like oh I've had this conversation with a hundred people over the last two years like God damn, so fucking funny. So funny. Like, hey, let's talk about the season as a whole. Mm-hmm. Well, what what's your relationship with Sex in the City? Like, yeah, were you like a day one girly? Mm-hmm. I was day one girly in a way. Like, I think it's the twentieth anniversary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wild shit. 
So that would have made put me feel me, real oil, old. Know, like, really, <laughs> really old. So that would have put me actually at 18. So I probably wasn't an actual day one, but I definitely have seen the whole series a handful yeah. of times. Yes. And have very strong opinions. Rewatched it during the pandemic, all that kind of shit. And I, it's, I mean, it, it's such a, it's such an important show to our, like, backbone yes. in our society. It was very yes. flawed, of course, yeah. but it really has, it, you know, it has everything. And it was so groundbreaking for its time. And, and to see this reboot, and I, I'm also a big fan of the movies in a way, in an ironic way. Like, they're just so <laughs> shitty. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my yeah. God, they're so shitty. And, yeah, um, yeah. I am a huge fan of this podcast called The Worst Idea of All Time. And it's these yeah. two New Zealand comedians that rewatch. They watch a movie every week for an entire year. And they recap it. So they did Grown Ups 2. And it was horrible. And then they did Sex and the City 2. And then they did Sex and the City 1. But they went backwards. And they watched it once a week for an entire year. 53, 52 times. I can't. Like, I can't. I can't imagine. <laughs> like, but as, as a fan of the show, it's, like, one of the best podcasts you'll ever listen to. Yeah, I actually want to check it out. Like, <laughs> they, they've sold me on the premise. They get into it, and it's these two dudes, but they do a really good job at not being super sexist about it. They just actually get into, like, the horribleness of the movies, you know? And uh, they want better for the characters. So, I don't know. It's interesting to kind of come into watching these two, these new seasons with the idea of like Matt, uh, Michael Patrick King is a horrible writer. He's yeah, hurt. I don't know. Horrendous. How did he do that? How did he make such a good show? He's but he's so bad. He's so bad. But like this is the thing about these shows is like, and it's just like Emily in Paris too, obviously because same same guy. But it's like it's so bad that it's so good, and mm-hmm. people know I have horrible taste in music mm-hmm. and TV, and mm-hmm. like it's just comfortable watching this shit. <laughs> like, it just feels nostalgic in a way that you can't like replicate with I don't know other other shows. Mm-hmm. So true, God. But yeah, he he's horrendous. And these storylines in and just like that, it's like some of them are good, but then it's filled with so much shit around it that you like can't even dig into the good parts. Mm-hmm. So like I just have like many problems with the reboot as a whole. It's like. You should have stuck with like the 30 minute mm-hmm. time caps instead of an hour. You should have like, I think one of the things about Sex in the City that you might not realize if you just casually watch it, but like basically each show kind of has a theme. Mm. Each episode has a theme and the main cast like is experiencing it and, you know, intersecting with whatever in different ways, but it all makes sense. Mm-hmm. Whereas like this is just kind of like, random shit and yeah. so it just doesn't work as well right that's a really that's such a good point that is a, one you. of the reasons why the original show is really like fun in that way you are seeing it overarching in relationships of course yeah but it is each how does each character interact with this one concept of like exactly of whatever it is yeah like some type of relationship hurdle or like yeah something with their family or like whatever mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. Yeah, I was excited to watch this just because and just like that season one had so much discussion around it. And like I did two episodes about it. I had Lisa 
from Lisa Rants on talking about the first two episodes and then Maddie from Park Car Convos, we did like a whole season overview. And like, you know, we we could have I think we cut the episodes at like two hours. We could have done like we could have done oh like full like, like eight hours. Like there's just so much you could talk about with this fucking show. Mm-hmm. So I think like in general, the nostalgia, the clothes and like the city, like where they film it again, it just gets me every time. Like in episode, I think it's one where Carrie brings out the wedding dress. Ah. Like you can't not watch for moments like that. Like I didn't see it coming because I'm an idiot because I'm a dumbass. (laughs) Uh, Like obviously now like, oh, they were so building to that. But I went, she's like, oh, I think I have an idea. I was like, (gasps) literally, (laughs) literally. Or just when they make references when she was like, oh, like the oven is something you can cook with, not just for storage and stuff like that. Like just like that. Like I know that's dumb. Like that's Mm -hmm. dumb. But like. You just kind of just, you're just like, mm, I'm a part of something. Like, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm here. And it yeah. was, it's just like, it's different. And I, and I sometimes gravitate to my, I, that's why I'm like, you and I talked about on my Twilight podcast. I have to mm-hmm. plug it. Super massive Twilight hole, wherever you get podcasts. But we talked about the potential reboot of that. And I, some people are very vehemently against it, but I am of the part mind of like, I love my nostalgia and I like to see the new, like, what can you make that's new with it? And it'll probably be bad, but like, there's something that tickles my brain in that way. So this show is exactly doing that to me. I'm like, oh, all of my same characters, but they're kind of doing weird shit that's a little out of character, (laughs) but also like kind of in character. Like, I'm sorry, the whole thing. The whole plot of like Carrie not being able to say the word vagina on her podcast <laughs> yeah, is yeah. so funny to me, and it is so poorly written. But at the same time, I'm like, that is actually Carrie's character, though. Yeah, like she's yeah. never been that girly. She's never been no, like, let no. me talk about getting fisted. Like that's Samantha, one hundred percent. Yeah, and I remember like when she had that episode where the politician wanted to pee on her. <laughs> <laughs> she was like she was like using like euphemism like it like come on guys like we've watched this show for 20 years like we know that she's just not that girly so yeah it's just like stuff like that that it's just like that's our girl mm-hmm. <laughs> like can't say vaginal or vaginal <laughs> suppository or whatever like <laughs> oh <my> god. <laughs> god okay should we dive into episode one yeah yeah for sure so <laughs> opens up with see and this this is how they get me too is they're like yeah let's play the britney spears remix of tiny dancer and my like body levitated <laughs> literally like i was so thrown because i hadn't seen any spoilers for that at all and the first like beats like i i actually had a mental breakdown yeah. like, <laughs> like I, I know i was like britney elton fucking tiny dancer and we're starting episode one and all the girls are getting it on like i was like fist bumping in my apartment (laughs) yeah carrie's fucking her boss yeah yeah classic (laughs) Uh, miranda's fucking che yeah naya's watching like a romance movie by herself and and masturbating let's hope i don't know yeah possibly Um, let's see here sima is getting laid as well yeah by zed Um, lisa is uh hooking up with her 
hot husband. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my god. And Charlotte. I think she was riding Harry. Oh, of course. <laughs> Absolutely. Can we talk about how this show thinks that bald men are just like super horny? Like both Lisa's and Charlotte's. I was just like, not to mention that, like, I think it's obvious to anyone who's watched these episodes that Lisa's, so there's a bunch of new characters, everyone, right? Because the show's woke now. They went to the fucking woke mind virus and they got infected, okay? So now we have a bunch of BIPOC people on this show when this show always used to be white. No, I'm kidding. Um, (laughs) I love it. But it is, it's for... They're forcing it in, and so yeah. Lisa's character is literally just, like, the person of color version of Charlotte. Yes, yes. Um, Kara Berry from Everyone's Business About Mine calls them their support women of color. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, God, that's fucking too real. Like, yeah. So, but I will say, okay, so, like, in the first season, these women, Lisa, Seema, and Naya were just, like, kind of had, like, BC plots Mm -hmm. or were there for, like, yeah, to, like, have the main characters, like, confide in them. And I will say in this season, they do have more of a plot line. Mm -hmm. So, like, I appreciate that. And we're getting, like, more scenes with them. And just, like, it seems more natural because it's, like, oh, they have, like, they're friends and they Mm -hmm. have, like, some backstory but mm-hmm. man it is just so it's so bad just like the overcorrection um of some of their you know mistakes in the the first series <laughs> so true yeah okay so they're all getting it on they like we it's revealed that Carrie is fucking Franklin for like one night a week Thursday after the podcast relatable yeah okay yeah. what do you think of Carrie's podcasting career my friend turned to me during the first two episodes and she as the i guess the resident podcast friend in the group she was just like how relatable is this and i was like honestly (laughs) so much of it like i I, it's 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 a it's a dramatic they're dramatizing it of course but like honestly so much of it is so relatable and like even though i've never been on the level where i'm having ads it was still just like yeah no, this all does, like, ring true. And when her little, like, podcast, like, boss lady comes in and is like, this is not the heyday of podcasting 2021. I was like, oh, yes. my God. That is yes. brutal. That is so true. Yes, yes, yes. I will say again, the first season, it was so unrealistic what they were doing with the pod. And yeah. now I was like, no, this is getting too realistic. <laughs> when she's like reading the ads and it's just like shit you like don't like you obviously know the podcaster doesn't give a fuck about but they just have to read the lines like it's so funny anyway so this week's episode is brought to you by (laughs) when you're getting fucked by your hot bald man (laughs) make sure you have me undies Promo code (laughs) bald for 30% off. Oh my God, I'm dead. (laughs) Um, Oh my God. I feel like we should just stick, like, let's talk about Carrie. We'll Mm -hmm. go character by character maybe. Okay. So yeah, she gets asked out by Franklin and she's like, I just, I'm not feeling this. I kind of thought that like, 
I don't know. I didn't like how he like wanted to work on the ad mm-hmm. like post coital like yeah. <laughs> like in the bed like busts out his laptop. But like I liked him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm kind of sad. I mean, he was hot. Probably one of the hotter mans I've seen in a while. And yeah. 100%. Yeah. He was hot. And I felt like it's like he really admired. I don't know if we're going to see him again. But mm. like he really, I thought, admired Carrie. Like every time she gave advice, he was just like moon facing in like the sound booth. So mm. I was like, this would be like a good person to date. But she just like doesn't. I guess isn't interested uh, and she's invited to the Met which this again was kind of like I was like guys you're not going to the Met like maybe Carrie is but like Charlotte and Seema being invited too. I was like this is like <laughs> like no you're not like you're normal people in this show and it was so it took me so out there like kept calling it the Met ball and I was like <laughs> I, we know what is happening, but I know you're trying to not get sued or whatever. So I like, <laughs> I don't, didn't realize, um, whatever that fucking cunt's name is so litigious, um, who runs the gala. <laughs> oh, um, Anna Wintour. Yeah. yeah. It would I make know, but sense. I'm like, she's friends with Sarah Jessica Parker. Like Sarah Jessica's been on the fucking mm-hmm. planning committee yeah. and it, probably multiple times. But yeah, they obviously like, yeah, we didn't even get to see like, the Metropolitan Museum. Like, it was like, not even. It's so funny to me. So, yeah. yeah. All of them are getting asked to go. And it's, like, it's so unbelievable. But you have to have it to have this, like, B plot, I guess, or C plot. I don't even know. Uh, yeah. And it, back and forth. Who can go? Who cannot go? It's people's plus ones. Whatever. Yeah. It's just, like, a way to, like, include um, Anthony. <laughs> poor anthony just, yeah he's back down he had like a little bit of a storyline season one season two he's back to just like quippy gbf vibes yeah so it's so oh my god buddy just calm down but you know yeah. what are you gonna do it's because uh, we you know lost our lost our boy <sighs> Stanford. i know and then when smoke and jackie go to carrie's apartment and one of them say like, oh my gosh, I like your kimono. And she's like, I got that from, or like, Stanford. it's kind of like a kimono kimono style robe. And she's like, I got it from Stanford. Like, <laughs> he's in Japan right now. And I was like, crying. <laughs> like, <laughs> Okay, I guess that's also known as heaven. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh my God, stop. <laughs> I'm actually going to cry. <laughs> Yeah, but it was nice to be like, oh, he's like living his best life out there. Let's see here. Can we talk about the gay? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, Miranda, she's gay. She's gay as fuck. <laughs> yeah. 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 Literally, you just put in the outline gay. gay. <laughs> yeah. You know, she's in LA with Che and I'm a Che apologist from season one. Yeah, uh, I just because I, I, I love this storyline, like the fact that Miranda comes out as a late stage lesbian is so relatable. Um, but also, <laughs> uh, it's like it, it's just like wild, you know, it's like it, the comp head of her story arc was so loud and something that all of us picked up on. And yes. then to have that come to fruition was it's just really beautiful and I, you know, we get these scenes of them fucking, lots of kissing, yeah. this opening scene of them fucking in this 
this hot tub and you get to see uh Che who their name oh, is, yeah. is Sarah, Sarah, Sarah. Yeah, Sarah Ramirez. Thank you. So sorry. And uh, we'll get into the discussion about body neutrality and positivity and body discussion. But I was immediately before we got to that, I was like, oh my God, I just saw a plus size person fully naked on my screen having gay sex. I was obsessed. I I know. I was fucking obsessed because I was like, when has there ever been like a fat person on and just like that or sex in the city as a whole and then to see someone nude i was obsessed i was obsessed like i also i don't think i'm a che apologist i actually do like the relationship between che and miranda i actually like it a lot better this season right Mm -hmm. Like, it just sucks because, like, a lot of their jokes and stuff like that in, like, the stand-up, oh. like, it's, as you're a fucking stand-up yeah, comedian, so you brutal. fucking know. But it's, like, like, it's, like, that, those parts are, like, so brutal mm-hmm. that I feel like sometimes it, like, clouds my judgment. But, like, in, and, like, I am a big Steve girl. Yes. But, like, in, as a whole, I'm really, like, warming up to this because mm-hmm. I think that their relationship in California is actually being depicted as really real. Like, mm-hmm. we see that in kind of their tiffs and stuff like that. And, yeah, I, I just – it's so much better than season one. Yeah. My only, like, defense to, like, the beginning of season one where we were just, like, hit over the head with Chase as a as a character of, of what all these identities that they cross in section with it, as a comedian as well was that as a comedian, former comedian or whatever, it's – when you do have a lot of intersectionally like identities that are marginalized, yeah. you as a comedian actually have to use them. Like because you're not allowed to not. You're not a straight white man. So you can't just go up there and be like, Oh my god, last week was crazy, let me tell you about it. Yeah. You have to like the first sixty seconds of your bit, like make sure that everyone knows who you are. Yeah, I have so yeah, many yeah. trans friends who are comics and for better, for worse, I mean, mostly worse, they, they have to. They have to call yeah. it out because that's the way it is. And it's so – it's the messed up part about creative, like, endeavors. But to me, that almost like, was so realistic that Jay oh, was like, I'm a Latino, non-binary, queer, you know, dyke, yeah. and this is who I am. It's like you – it's just because you have to because – that's what they require of us, you know, out right. there. So, but yeah. the second season got worse. So now I'm mad <laughs> because they can't even give Che, like, a joke. They're like, oh, yeah, so LA is so expensive. I took a Uber from yeah. my room to the kitchen. It was so expensive. And everyone's like, ah, laughing their heads off. And I was like, this is insane. And then the second time we see them on stage, they didn't even give them a joke because they knew they couldn't write one, I guess. I don't really know. I know, I know, I know. It just is weird, though, because it's like there are funny fucking parts of this series. So I don't understand why all of a sudden, like, the the comedy bits, like, the purposeful comedy bits, like, aren't, funny. I don't know, working? Yeah. Or, like, I'm just, like, hire, hire a stand-up. And, yeah. like, yeah, I don't know. I'm like, you have the budget. Like, it's just, it's weird. But... Miranda's like living her best LA life. Um, I love when she's in the deprivation tub and then she like crawls out of it because she's getting like the saline water in her eye. And then she's like, fuck the new me. Because I was like, that is so Miranda. <laughs> like, so like, it's just, yeah, it was, it was really, really funny. So I like that. Um, 
I wrote in here that there's no mention of the Rambo nickname. I was like, plot holes, you guys. <laughs> like, like, consistency. Like, consistency, please. Like, no, they were just like, hey, we're going to show Miranda putting on a strap on. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so that scene, because that's, like, one of the first scenes where Che is, like, obviously distracted by something, and then we see, like, multiple times where they're, like, not into having sex anymore, mm-hmm. um, which is, like, off their kind of, like, baseline, like, obviously Miranda's starting to notice that there's something mm-hmm. wrong in, in their relationship. She starts to freak out, and then we, like, finally find out it's because of the, like, body issues coming up for Che after they were uh getting a fitting for their show and like uh seam yeah or not seam costume like a costume designer was like if we wear if you wear this it can like hide your tummy or something like that or like streamline your like midsection or something like all that like gross um yeah yeah and that was like fucking too real when they were like I'm actually embarrassed that I'm crying about this because I thought I was over this like mm. petty bullshit. I was like, Ooh. <laughs> like, yeah. like no. that just hits so hard. Yeah, and they when there's these moments in the show, it's like really good. Like yeah. I, I I like yes. this show. I don't. <laughs> it's yes. bad, but I was like, oh my god, that's so realistic. And yes, that it would. And then that Che was embarrassed to be ashamed not embarrassed because they really do think that they're like overweight or that their body is bad they're like embarrassed of the shame and embarrassed of like being susceptible to that pressure uh and Mm -hmm. i think that that is not always the storyline you see when we talk about body issues on television 100 percent. and like i also think there's like uh extra pressure because i feel like che is so unapologetic unapologetically themselves Mm -hmm. so then when something like this rattles their core like they're like oh my god how could I have like moved so far past this Mm -hmm. but still be brought back and it's like that's just the nature of the beast Mm -hmm. of like of the way we're all you know socialized and educated and and living in like a system that constantly is you know, pushing back against your values and stuff. And it's just so relatable to Butch Dykes crying. I'm sorry. I love And like when we just had the queer ultimatum. So Tiff is like the Che of it all. And the both of them crying on my screen in these little lesbian relationships is like, I really like this representation. I know. I know. And it was like a sweet moment when Miranda's like, oh, my God, like, like, just a supportive, yeah. like, partner and, yeah. This is, again, I, like, their relationship is settling into something really nice. Yeah. Like, yeah. So I, I appreciate the growth their relationship has seen from season yeah, one. Thank God, Lord, have mercy. <laughs> Fucking kill me. Kill me. Okay, should we talk about Lisa? Yeah. Yeah, she's, like, trying to secure funding for her next doc, and her husband is just like, I'll pay for it. <laughs> like, like, just ask me, I'll pay for it. And she's like, no, 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 like, I, I want to get the funding my way. And he's just like, I can really just fund it. Like, what would you do? Like, to me, I would just take the money. Like, <laughs> Listen, folks, if you ever have the opportunity to get money to help do the thing that you're trying to do, don't be prideful. It's not okay. Yeah. Because what you can do with having that, burden taken off of your shoulders is you can do more badass feminine shit you know 
like that. you know go stomp on a man because you, you have time because <laughs> you're not yeah. worried about trying to beg for money from the man yeah. you can go kill a man yeah <laughs> you have time to ruin some so, men's lives so, like just it, look at is it like a numbers game you gotta like get where yes. you can get help here so you can go <laughs> do bigger things i love that uh she wears like the most amazing valentino red dress mm-hmm. with the headpiece yeah that was a serve she definitely served the best of the, all the looks i'm I, charlotte i needed yeah. to be put out to a pasture then charlotte let's talk about her yeah she like invites anthony to the met then harry wants to go and then harry doesn't want to go so she reinvites anthony <laughs> that was literally the whole entire storyline for this whole fucking episode she has the worst storylines i'm sorry it's so bad. And then Lily's doing the corset of her, mm-hmm. no offense, but fugly dress. <laughs> and she asks Rock, like, help your sister out. And they're like, uh, no, mom, this is like upholding the, the patriarchy or like stuff like that. I was dead. Yeah. The kids are the kids are giving. I, I The only reason I like Charlotte's storylines are because the kids yeah they're really 100%. giving like lily in the next episode is so funny and so uh, fucking funny. uh yeah i think just like the dress if you didn't watch it y'all it's giving gwen stefani when she was appropriating like punk rock Harajuku. asian yeah yeah <laughs> one hundo that's so true it's like a top hat a black like silky top hat a veil because the theme was like veiled beauty or something like that and then, yes, like a red, no, like pink, green, yeah, like, like I don't know, blue, like stripey dress. But you're right. The shoes and the cut of the dress very much giving Gwen Stefani appropriating Japanese culture. Yeah. <laughs> and God. punk rock culture. I was like, I just, it's yeah. offensive on all Yeah, you're, <laughs> you're like, I have to add that in. <laughs> it's just, it's wrong. <laughs> oh my God. So Seema, our next girly pop is, she turns down the Met. For a lunch with Zed, who is a character that's also in Emily in Paris, Antoine, mm-hmm. and then uh, his son and his ex-wife. Why the fuck would you turn down the Met for like a lunch date? Because finding your true love is the most <laughs> important thing, Tori. Right, right, right. And she is like about to die because she's so old. And yeah, yeah. This is her last stab at love. This is her last chance. She has to romance a fuckboy. Yeah. Oh, my God. So she learns that he's still living with his ex-wife, but they're, like, on different floors of, like, a penthouse. Yeah, that's capitalism, baby. Like, come on. It's fine. She's so... She's such a... I don't... She's a bad character, y'all. Like, I, I like her, whatever. She's serving her purpose, but it's... She's so she contradicts herself like all the time, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Because the the scene in the next episode, like the storyline that she has with her fucking hairdresser, actually ruined my life. Yeah, it's like, truly. It was... I need compensation for how bad. Yes, it was. yes. She wears like a beautiful gold dress with like a little mask, and she gets whisked away to the Met. Mm-hmm. Our last character, Naya. So she's alone while Andre is on tour. This is the part that has confused me for the first three episodes. Are they together or are they not? Yeah, it's really weird. It's definitely like, I guess maybe this is realistic of people in their, you know, later years trying to figure out their marriage. 
you don't just break up and divorce nowadays. You have to go through like conscious uncoupling and you have yeah, to go yeah, on tour yeah. and yeah, maybe yeah. with like fucking a hipster in a hat. Like, I don't, <laughs> which is all what happened, y'all. And because uh, like, yeah, they're just like separated essentially or they're trial working on their marriage and then they go to separation. And now we're led to believe that they are separated in episode three. Yeah. But not divorced. And I'm sure it will come back when she starts to maybe hook up with some other people and then like he Andre comes back in some way you know I yeah, imagine that's yeah. like the story we're being fed she, she yeah. is uh, I mean yeah it the character is they're trying to flush her character out a lot which is great she's the more reasonable one she's the Miranda like you said it's they're all they yeah. all they all sit with each other same as the Charlotte yeah. the the Samantha and then you know Naya is the Miranda you know, woke, smart, yeah. thinks of their head, but has an yeah. emotional Edu- side. Like, really educated. Educated, yeah. So, we'll see how it goes. I, she deserves better, of course. I mean, because what I guess I do appreciate is that it's talking about the bigger issue of, like, women choosing not to have children. Kids, and yeah. I think that's an important conversation. So, it's like, I'm glad it's there. But yeah. totally. And like, also, it was a good combo because it was like she wanted to mm-hmm. and then decided she didn't, yeah. which I think is really realistic. Like some people know, like, like they have that feeling for a really long time. Mm-hmm. But some people, again, like realize in their late later in life and I I thought that was really interesting and I loved when she was like oh are you fucking Heidi with the hat or whatever and I was just like and then he (laughs) says not yet not yet Andre what the fuck oh boy okay yeah we're getting into episode two yeah should we start with Naya since we're talking about her yeah okay so Naya yeah in the first couple episodes it's really awkward because she only had a plot line connected with Miranda in season one Mm -hmm. But then finally in episode three, she's introduced to uh, Lisa because of the documentary that she's making. And then she hangs out with like all of the girls. Uh. But like the first two episodes, she's kind of like floating around. Um, He's like, I I know a a solution to our problem. Like if you don't want to carry the like get pregnant, we can get a surrogate. And I was like, read the room. (laughs) (laughs) You just told me you might cheat on me, but you can save it by not, by let's paying another woman to have her baby. Yeah. Yeah. It was just so bad. Like, okay, would you rather, like, if you're with a partner and they're like, are you, would you rather them be honest and be like, no, but I wanted to cheat or, or lie and just be like, I would never like... (laughs) I love I love these would you rather games. Would you rather have spaghetti for fingers or have your partner cheat on you? Um, yeah, I kind of would rather them lie. <laughs> no, true. Yeah, absolutely. I'm too sensitive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I felt bad for her because Andre's just like not getting the message, but then also being like a bit of a fuck boy. Well, yeah, because it, it's uh, often it's a case of like he's trying to prove that he's a good person 
the person who does that. Yeah. Sorry, any partner who does that is yeah, a little bit yeah, like, yeah. look at me. I didn't do yeah. it. So Yes, kind of that's manipulative. Yeah, like so. uh so yeah, they're kind of getting more and more disconnected over the episodes. Let's talk about Miranda. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to LA. Yeah. Please. Uh she goes to AA and meets uh another person in AA and they go to a beach cleanup. So interesting because my friends in the room were like, oh, I guess we did have to continue that storyline. Like, Oh, the alcohol Yeah, one. because, like, yeah. you kind of started to think that maybe here she was only drinking because she was stuck in a straight relationship Unhappy. and yeah. she was gay. And then yeah. now that she's, like, living a rest life, that wouldn't have been a problem. But they're like, no, 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 we do still have to make that, like, a, a side plot. Um, yeah. You know, for better or for worse. Uh, yeah. But it, it was definitely shoehorned in episode two that I was like, oh, yeah, that was I a know, thing. I know. I was like, that happened so much in this season. I'd be like, oh, right. Like, when Carrie is, like, recording her audiobook, I was like, oh, right, she wrote a book. Like, I didn't even when fucking did remember. Like, <laughs> I don't remember. So she goes to this beach. She does this, like, cleanup. She's helping, like, save the planet. And she loses her phone and that's a yeah. very Miranda moment. It felt very Miranda. She looks hideous. She's wearing the worst outfit <laughs> you've ever seen in my life. And I was like, that's my girl. Yeah. Yeah. No, literally. Like even okay, like again, I don't want to jump ahead, but in episode three when she's wearing that hat, like I was just like, Miranda, like the LA vibes just <laughs> not working just the most hideous outfit and then she finds out so like there's like then chase like side plots all this like show stuff that they're working on and they are really stressed out about it and their dad playing their dad in the show is going to be t- cast as tony danza uh, who is supposed to be put off or played off as a latino man which he's not he's italian yeah <laughs> but like che was like weirdly okay with that and then Tony was like, actually, I think we should change it to like, I'm Italian and you're Italian. Yes. Yeah. But you have like a Latina on your mom, like mom's side. side. <laughs> yeah. that I, I really like the Tony Danza like scenes. Yeah. He actually brought it. I will say he really did. Yeah. It was a good cameo. And my roommate was like, I thought he was dead. I was like, no, I guess he's, <laughs> Me too. he's alive and he's on this show. And then, <laughs> um, yeah, we find out that when she gets rescued by Che's friend to pick her up from the beach, the friend is Che's ex-husband who is still currently married to Che. And we never find out anything else about this <laughs> yet. And I was like, he's straight up not in episode three. <laughs> <laughs> Hell, this show is unhinged. Literally unhinged. But okay, Oliver Hudson, I think his last name is, fine as fucking hell. Yeah. His, like, like, uh, when he smiles and his, like, eyes crinkle, I was living for it. (sighs) The men in the show are all very hot. Yeah. It's upsetting. Yeah. It is really upsetting. Like, it's really upsetting. And Miranda's like, uh, Che, like, you're married. And they're like, I was just too lazy to divorce him. And I was like, I was like, okay, relatable. Mm -hmm. Because I will avoid paperwork, Mm -hmm. like, till I die. Mm -hmm. But I was like, also, you would have to file all your, like, taxes and shit together. So I was like, it's 
like more work i don't know in the long run yeah i will say pro tip when i got married uh, we never ended up getting the marriage license yes and so when we divorced we never had yes i forgot about that because you talked about that with emily rose yeah so yeah oh my gosh that's so yeah pro tip for you yeah i mean i guess it kind of defeats the purpose of getting tax breaks and everything but we weren't married long enough for it to matter so Mm -hmm. if if you're planning on not staying together just don't get the marriage license if there's any inkling of doubt like i had a week before the wedding when i broke down on the ground and cried it was like i don't want to marry this man just an idea. <laughs> yeah, just lose the paperwork. Oh my god. Okay, let's talk about Carrie. Yeah, we, we talked talk, about this yeah. at the beginning. Yeah, she won't do the vag suppository uh, <laughs> ad where it's like, girl, I did one about Manscaped. <laughs> like, <laughs> all. Like, like, we can. I had to say the word manscaped and like ball sack. <laughs> you can you can say vaginal suppository. <laughs> like it's like I just wish ja- uh, Chat GBT had been around for her, <laughs> but then uh, it kind of feels like this entire series is written by it. So <laughs> I, it's just like she could have used that. What's another word for a vaginal suppository? <laughs> yeah. And it just, it, it had so much beauty for it to actually be funny. Like, as a, like, if it was real, like, I would have loved to listen to Carrie Bradshaw, my ear pods, like, being silly about it and just being like, <laughs> you know, the down there. Like, she couldn't, it, because it would have been yeah. funny if she did that. It's not funny if I was, like, me, Jenna, the most cuntiest bitch, being like, <laughs> down there might not yeah, feel very yeah, good yeah. and you need to do something about it. But, like, for her, it would have been funny because that's, like, what it's funny so she should have just been herself and done it it's so silly 100 percent. and also it's like everyone knows you're just reading off a script anyway so it's just like just like read off the script and call it a day like but i guess she's sticking to her values and like like (laughs) she's like i wouldn't say this okay girl then don't like (laughs) like (laughs) Oh, <laughs> feminism. So, yeah, that's her thing. And then the podcast gets shut down. Canceled, of yeah. Of course and she doesn't want to fuck Duder Franklin anymore. anymore. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's fine. That's, I don't really care. Yeah. I don't care. I just I want Aiden. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, let's just fast forward to the Aiden episodes, like, please. Uh, please. So Charlotte's little plot in this one was one of the worst things I've ever watched in my life. Like, her her like storyline this time is that her daughter Lily is going through classic teen angst and uh wants to get a keyboard to continue her music her like weird teen angst like Lana Del Rey writing and she sells all of her clothes to the some like website that like takes it and resells it or whatever I'm sure that's a whole industry that I just don't understand as a yeah elder yeah. millennial. But it's, like, devastating to Charlotte. And the entire time she's just, like, waxing and waning about this fucking Prada dress or some shit that she got for her daughter that she doesn't have anymore. And this principle of not just buying it back from the website. And it's, yeah. like, could you could you think of a more out-of-touch rich person problem to have? 100%. It's so Charlotte. Like, again, this is such a Charlotte 
like caring about it very much brought me back to sex in the city where it's like she just cares about like you know her daughter having yeah this designer dress that she wore when she was like I don't know yeah. when she was 16 or I don't know whatever like it's so Charlotte and then yeah so she tries to she doesn't want to buy it back so she just goes to the store and she's talking to again this teen that's working there because like again like look where you are <laughs> Carrie's like don't have a Karen moment you're like one step away from getting like filmed and put on the internet and I was like I like that's funny <laughs> it was it was fucking funny, that's funny. it was it was really funny you're right um, I, I I think I missed that line so that's actually adding some good context for me that it's almost like a meta like yes he's trying yeah. to the writer's trying to be like this is this type of woman <laughs> Yeah, and I was like, hey, this actually makes a lot of sense for these out-of-touch women because it's like they wouldn't care that you're berating a teenage girl, but they would care that it would get filmed and put online. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, this all checks out. Yeah. Then, yeah, then she realizes she's, like, being dramatic and, like, doesn't need this fucking dress. But I was like, also, you should probably listen to your kid because you put so much pressure on your kids that Lily is making this, like, depressing ass song about having to be the perfect daughter which you said yourself you didn't want to do to your kids because your parents did it to you so I was like why are you looking for this dress when you should be like reevaluating your parenting skills (laughs) no it's real and I guess that's the point is it's trying to show that Charlotte needs to unpack that trauma because she's perpetuating it again with her own two daughters it's just yeah. like that's the generational trauma cycle y'all like she's really truly and like Lily's like I'm in a gilded cage and I was like am I listening to Taylor Swift like what is happening <laughs> literally <laughs> so funny to me but it's like yeah. true and real and please get your shit together so Seema we get our horrible scene or Seema is back still trying to figure out about this fuck boy she goes to get a blowout from her hairstylist who I think they found like I don't even know, like off of Craigslist. This they were just like, do you know how to hold a hairbrush and pretend to be gay, or maybe you are gay? I'm not sure. And he does not. And like put on an accent. He does not know how to do hair. This was like insane. I could not. We were screaming because like he didn't even pretend to know what to do with this woman's hair. No, I know. This was again. This is why I'm like these. Plot points are so good in some aspects. Even the, like, Che secret husband. Yeah. Or, like, yeah. not secret husband, but, yeah. like, kind of. Like, that. Like that's interesting. And then you do a plot point that's all about, like, your hairstylist, like, being like, hey, I, I think you self-sabotage. And then, like... They have, like, a huge fight in the middle. Like, I I couldn't. I couldn't. I really couldn't. But did you see how he, like, literally was just, like, touching her hair and, like, hitting her head with, like, a brush and a blow dryer, but, like, not doing anything? It was so silly. Uh, it's just not how... It's None of it was realistic. So, anyway, whatever. And then she goes on... She, like, freaks out with Carrie. And she's like, you can do whatever you want. You're doing... You're, you're good. And then that just propels Seema to try to make it work again with Zed. But then she realizes she should trust her gut. He's a, a fuckboy who's trying to get her money. We're done. Yeah, she that's go- it. She goes back to this horrible hairdresser and he, again, just 
botches her hair. <laughs> like, fixes her hair. And, like, her hair. Okay, I've never had, like, just a blowout. Same. So please correct me if I'm wrong, listeners. But, like, don't you go or don't they wash your hair? Because he was, like, starting to blow dry her hair. And I was like, it's dry, though. Yeah. So I, I, uh, I like, I thought it was, like, where they just, like, wash and blow dry your hair. Yeah, it, I think it might be. But I think there are times where they might dry do it because okay, it's, like, yeah. It's for people who don't know how to do their hair at all, I guess. I yeah, like, if I was rich, yeah. catch me at that salon yeah, every week. Yeah, but, exactly. like, yeah. Uh, it's so true. Uh, Lisa's storyline is uh, her mother-in-law is in town. And they discuss respectability politics like okay so like the first thing is like they had to do their kids hair because she was wearing it like natural and then they were like oh no your grandma likes it when it's like braided and then the husband herbert was like yelling at a taxi driver because he was getting passed up because he's black yeah and then he like yells at this one taxi driver that like stopped but then didn't open the doors and then she sees him yelling and uh she's like you can't do that like in front of your kid and like Ugh. i mean we're, t- we're, t- we're two white women so i'm just like not gonna say whether this was like realistic or not realistic or yeah well, and actually, i actually feel like it is realistic I- i'm i'm sorry i think it, yes that yes, it is realistic yeah. and it is obviously a like real like thing that happens in you know these kinds of relationship dynamics so it's just but it was like I don't know if this is being done well or not. I can't. It seems like so like thrown in, but I was also like yeah. I'm happy for it. Like it's it's not wrong, and it is just it's just interesting, you know. So I, I it know. was interesting, and I was like, oh, it sucks that this is like a, only a, a C yeah, subplot. C, Cause yeah, because yeah, I was like. I actually think that this is interesting and we could have gotten a lot more. I think this would have actually been really interesting to dive into. But yeah, it's kind of like some like fleeting moments. But again, go listen to Kara Berry's recap of this uh, part because I think, yeah, again, as two white women, we're not, I don't think like, yeah, we're not going to like weigh in. But that's what's going on in Lisa's life. Yeah. She's having mother-in-law issues and they talk about, it's very just like talking about, yeah, like an older generation talking to a younger generation about different opinions on, on how to behave. Yeah, I think the the mom was like, the, the mother-in-law was like, you don't need to wear um, a bonnet anymore. Like, or, yes, or you know, yeah, or all these different things. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, wow, this is, this is deep. And I just yeah. don't know if this show is the show to be. <laughs> it's just to be like unpacking this. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That was really interesting. Yeah. There's like multiple. Yeah. Like moments uh, that she comments on like their lifestyle and stuff. Yes. But then episode three, which in my opinion yes. was maybe the best episode in so many ways because 100 it really started like getting a little less silly and a little bit more real. This is what happens. When we stop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stop, stop getting along and get start getting real. real. Welcome to Just real world, polite. New York City. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God, that's so fucking funny. No, but you're right. Like it's finally, we're kind of finally settling in to the season, I feel like. But it sucks because I'm like, it's episode three and I'm pretty sure these seasons only have like 10 episodes. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, we're already like a third of the way done and we're just settling in like silly silly so 
Carrie, if you forgot, wrote a book about <laughs> Big dying because I did forget. So I don't know Me when too. she wrote it. And the so she's only it's only been a year since this <laughs> tragic death, and she's written a book already. And also, like I got so annoyed at one point, Charlotte being like, "We're just so proud of you for moving on." You don't, no one moves on from something like this, which is I guess the point of the episode. But it's like yeah. I hated how Carrie's like, "Thank you, you're right, I have," and I was like, "Ah." It's so weird. It's so weird. Yeah, the book's called Loved and Lost, <laughs> which, like, again, Carrie Bradshaw would not write a book called Loved and Lost. It would be, like, the big, the big, yes. the big death. <laughs> or, yes! Or, like, the big, something with a pun about big. <laughs> yes, 100%. Uh, but 100%. she has to read the audio book for it and when she's uh struggling just even doing it first she struggles just reading the audiobook like saying her teas not swallowing them and popping her peas which is so relatable yes yes she yes. has another fat we have another fat woman who's uh shown positively i was like thank you bitch so she's like her manager or something so she comes in and she's like you know, we love you, Carrie. Oh, my God. But you have to you have to read this. We can't get any of the other actresses to do your part because this is a book about, like, a memoir. Like, you have to – and it would be so weird to have somebody else reading these scenes, Um, which I, like I, – I, I was like, yeah, that's so true. Yeah. But it's hard. And it was sad, you know, seeing her trying to read this, like, paragraph over and over again of her where she finds John laying in the shower. Oh, my God. Like, Yeah. And just seeing, like, I will give it to Sarah Jessica Parker. Like, she is a good actress. Yeah. Like, I was like, this just – like, it was so realistic, just the way that she struggled with it. Um, and obviously, this would be, again, only a year has passed. You're talking into a microphone about, like, the most, you know, traumatic experience of your life. And, yeah, it's nice that the, like, I think the managers, some point, I feel like she felt a little coddled. But, like, I think they just wanted to be really respectful respectful and be like we're, we're giving you extra time like there's no rush there's no worries and yeah she leaves and runs into Bitsy Von Muffling who's like so such a good side character I loved it so much married to uh Neil or um what was his name Bobby Fine <laughs> who's played by Nathan Lane Nathan Lane thank you Neil yeah. Lane is a bachelor name that was my right yes <laughs> yes but yeah. uh and he dies and so they're widows and it that was like I genuinely was like I'm this is like really good tv she opens yeah. up to Carrie she's like being so bubbly as she always is and Carrie's like I actually just like really fucking failing at this because it's really hard and you know, Bitsy's just like, she's like, I. it's always been, it's already been a year. I should be over this. She's like, you don't, the second year's the hardest, didn't you know? Because that's when you realize that time is moving on without the person. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. And I love, because I think that this is something that younger generations are embracing, but maybe older ones aren't. But like when Bitsy was like, just do what you need to do to like survive and like yeah. get by. Mm -hmm. Mine was a facelift. 
Carrie's was shopping for a bunch of expensive shoes like but like that's like so true because I just feel like nowadays more like Gen Z and stuff like that are like if you need to yeah lay in bed like they they do later in the episode or like whatever like just do it and I, I really liked that that's so or if you need to fake COVID if you need to fake COVID so you can stay home like that's valid (laughs) that's so true oh I love this little sneaky way of trying to help the elder millennials and other generations to yeah like literally it's you just you have like we it's so hard to survive right now so just do what you need to do to like yeah take care of yourself in this way and like yeah it's almost like gentle parenting yourself like yeah. you're like almost like talking to yourself about just like and and like giving yourself yeah permission mm-hmm. to just like lay in bed or mm-hmm. or go mm-hmm. shopping or like whatever you need to do to mm-hmm. like survive yeah so another, I liked it another element of generational trauma of like you don't have to just be strong because your parents were strong and then it was bad so Seema, they just recycle. I swear to God, a plot point that happened to to Samantha, right? Didn't Samantha get a bag stolen? And it was just like, well, Carrie. I remember Carrie gets mugged. Oh, that's what it was. It was Carrie. Yeah, and she was like, yeah, it was like that purple baguette bag or whatever. Like, yeah, I think it was Carrie. So then Seema now, like, this is why I feel so bad for Seema because like. Uh, she could just have like where's her real estate like transactions or something like yeah but instead she's getting mugged has her birkin stolen yeah and and, like yes i'm but like we've already gotten this storyline in the original show possessions are important to people and you can't (laughs) judge them for having sentimental value about something they worked hard for like i i so uh, yeah it's like this feminist breakthrough but that was done in 2001 (laughs) you know like we don't need to be taught that losing a birkin is actually an important thing in somebody's life because we already get it (laughs) yeah i know it's like we learned that lesson in (laughs) sex in the city season five or whatever like Like, yeah it's fine i understand it's says it matters because it matters to you and you work hard for it and you don't get to tell women what's important to them 100 percent, yeah but she supports carrie uh as well because they go to lisette's jewelry show and then again the waiter was just like stealing all of the jewelry but like also i felt like both of these robberies were just like so like obvious (laughs) like he was shoving like fistfuls of necklaces in his jacket he didn't even have a gun like i I, I kept thinking he was gonna he was gonna pull a gun and then sima pulls her gun lighter as somebody but 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 at one point it's getting a little heated and whatever and carrie just screams i have I've got and everyone just scrat like scatters. It was so funny. That was hilarious. Cause Lizette was like, "Do something." Yeah. <laughs> She's like, "I have COVID." <laughs> it was so fucking funny. Oh my god, but uh, so good. And I do love that little moment where they Seema's like, "I'm gonna come to see you when you when you have COVID," and they both open the door and they're wearing these like <laughs> these like fabric masks that are just like insane. And then she's like, "I don't. I actually don't have COVID." And she was like, thank God, because this is fashionable, but not, like, certified. (laughs) (laughs) God, that was so fucking many. I think it was, I can't remember her name. Is it Laura Marie Scholes from 
sexy unique podcast Mm -hmm. she talked about like oh we're gonna get season two like no covid talk and this episode like came about and i was like nope like we're still we're still here i like it i like it i i'm somebody who likes the covid talk because i don't want to like live in a reality where it's not i don't i mean i want to live in a reality where it's not happening but like i i personally like the references in shows and movies it's kind of i don't know it's interesting no it puts it into a like it puts it into this time like this era which i like and also i thought this plot line was funny so i actually did like this but no i know because i know people are just like sick of talking about it but i thought this was like done in like kind of a funny way yeah so um it's very good (laughs) so speaking of um i guess feminism again we have a milf we have a milf list hey yeah classic classic yeah i feel like just like hot or not um lists will just they'll never die no and and they shouldn't yeah Quick, where would you put Tori and me on the hottest podcaster <laughs> list? <laughs> I'm fucking dead. We both yeah, like it better be second right and now. third. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We literally just rolled out of bed. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my god, I'm dead. Yeah. So, what did you think of this plot line? It was so stupid. I really. I think so I just. Dumb. I think I just hate Charlotte. I just. I guess I've come to terms with I just, like, don't care. Yeah. I only cared about her during, like, the plot when she was with the Medougals and all of that. Yeah. That was so funny. The good times for me. Um, Yeah. But... Yeah, it's whatever. I mean, I think it was funny because the principal was like, uh, our school has a zero tolerance for misogyny. And I thought that was, I know that line was funny. And then uh, they find out the kid who did it is really hot. It's just weird. Like, the kid who did it is hot? Like, what is this like, show trying to do? It was like Colleen Berenger. Like, he's literally. And then, then the second PTA meeting is like, um, and there was reports of moms objectifying Milo H in the hallway. And I was like, and there was like a full slow-mo shot of the kid walking down the hall. I'm like, ladies, <laughs> ladies, like this is so fucking embarrassing. Oh, trash. It's so funny. Um, but yeah, it's, it is what it is, but it all was a distraction from what was the most uh intense scene of the episode in my opinion was the Miranda Che of it all yeah 100 percent I again sad that they're fighting but happy that they're seen in like a more realistic Mm -hmm. relation like I just feel like this is like they're out of their honeymoon phase and they're more into like real life relationships Mm -hmm. so Miranda's helping Che run lines about the scene where Che comes out as non-binary to Tony Danza. And this was actually so real. So Che was like, oh, I hate this, like, contrived scene. And Miranda's like, well, why don't you just say you don't like it? And Che's like, well, I've already said something about, like, this and this and this and this. And, like, it's very much, like, I feel like people with marginalized identities, it's like you just – you feel like you can't speak up about Mm -hmm. or you have to like pick your battles Mm. and you can't just like say what you need because 
they feel like they're going to be like a burden or like yeah and there's somebody respected yeah and there's somebody right behind you that'll be taking your place exactly you know so you really have to like come with it and then it's like and then it turns out to be a really beautiful scene because like you know it is contrived written in that way but it's like at the same time like that is the that's a conversation that happens with people so tony dances like well i just don't want to lose my daughter and chase just like you're not you know i'm just i am me i'm living my most authentic self ends up being this romantic moment or this like very uh not romantic sweet moment and che does cry when they didn't think they would yeah which it gets ruined (laughs) yeah and then miranda's phone goes off which like sucks because also because it's like kind of like a family comedy Mm -hmm. like and i just like you know filmed in front of a live studio audience and i was like this is actually like i would watch the show yeah truly and then, yeah, Miranda is worried about Brady because Brady called and said he had broken up with Louisa. And so she keeps her phone, even though she's not allowed it. I hate the, like, Miranda's bad at technology <sighs> piece. Because yeah. it's just, like, she's a fucking smart lawyer. Yeah. Like, she can figure out a fucking iPhone. Yeah. But- no, but, no, real quick. It was all shade to Android, and I we should check on Android. <laughs> Are they okay? Because... I, the shade was so funny to me because as an iPhone exclusive user, yeah, fuck Androids. Fuck them. Literally. <laughs> but Kate, you're actually right. We should check on them because remember with the Peloton scene that with big Peloton stock crash? Yeah. So it's like we should actually check on Androids. They were just shading it left and right. This fucking phone. I can't figure it out. And she literally says this Android phone. I was like, oh my God. Brutal. Brutal. So, but yeah, it... Uh, this was like, yeah, that that part of her character is frustrating because it's like, come on, like Carrie is already the one that doesn't know how to use technology. But yes, yes, <laughs> Carrie's the one that like didn't know what like an email was. Miranda's the one with the TiVo and shit like that. So it's like, get your people straight, like it's, seriously. It's but I really, I think that was like this was the most compelling conflict we had seen in the season so far. One hundred. Where it's like you believe you were on both sides. You're, you know, you're yes. like Miranda yes. should be there to take care of her son. Should keep the phone on. It sucked. It just worked out that way. And then also Che was very right to be frustrated in this huge moment in their life. And the way their fight went down was so brutal. It was just like. So brutal. But so fucking realistic. Because you know when you are upset yourself. So you say something that is callous that you would never say if you weren't upset. Like when Che was like, uh, it's just a breakup or like whatever. And I was like, okay, but, like, he did actually sound suicidal. And I think, like, even though it was kind of a flippant comment, I think it's right for Miranda to look into that. And it's, like, her only kid and stuff like that. And, like, he's in Europe. So, like, it just, it makes total sense why Miranda is acting the way she's acting. But then, Che, it's your fucking big TV show. It's the, like most important scene ever you're already struggling with the production of it you were misgendered by the uh fucking production team or whatever like it's just bad all around right and Miranda at one point is like yeah but this is a real problem that I'm dealing with and it's like not a real family and a real issue and it was like oh no 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 this is real to Che like like (laughs) 
Miranda, do you remember that this is based off their life? Meaning it's real? Like, it was so brutal. Yeah. It was so brutal. Uh, so yeah. I was on my edge of my seat. And I really, there was a point I get, like, I'm those kind of people when I watch things where I know something, like, bad's about to happen. I, like, look away because it's, like, so painful. I couldn't look at the screen almost the entire time that I knew the phone was about to ring. And I was like, I know. oh, no. But I was like, that, yeah. I know, is good television for me. 100%. It was because you know when she takes her phone into the studio. Yeah. It's, like, it's like, dun dun Like, you just know it's obviously going to ring. And, like, yeah, I was oh. I was on the edge of my seat, too. But Miranda goes back to New York. She shows the MH tattoo. So that says, that means Miranda Hobbs, I think right? So, yeah. Yeah. So what do you think that, like. Or wait, sorry, maybe it's Maddie Healy. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah i'm really into the 1975 now like oh my god i'm fucking dead like okay so like what is it as simple as like she wants to remember herself as miranda hobbs yeah yeah i think so yeah uh it's it yeah like this is who she is and she should you know like she's been yeah. she did something for everyone else for so many years as she said in the tattoo parlor which i loved uh like i worked 80 hours and for fucking what and it's like oh yeah yes girl and yeah. this tattoo artist is like yeah i'm right i think it's a, a projection issue of your ability to not let go of control and i was like okay i know i was like why is this random tattoo artist giving it. you better conversation than any of your friends of the last 20 years they're like because they're all selfish bitches they're yeah. all like this that's the whole point of sex in the city is to show flawed women 100 <laughs> percent that uh, you like don't even like that you kind of want to win but like not even because yeah. like sometimes they're like awful yeah. but yeah you're right that is literally the point of the show Ugh. like again listen to that podcast worst idea of all time they just get into yeah. so much about how like every single one of them is the worst friend ever but yet the best friend and like they all horribly treat each other but yeah like this tattoo artist is giving her the best interaction <laughs> that she's ever had and yeah so i think it is probably just as simple as like a, like despite everything she's been through and despite this new relationship that's kind of falling apart she's still herself and she should prioritize herself instead of everyone else yeah yeah that's a good that's a really good point yeah it's so it's it's good I'm finally liking the Miranda like California because I'm like I just want you to be like in New York but I was like no this is actually fucking good Mm -hmm. um also it just shows how good of actors uh Sarah and Cynthia Mm -hmm are because it was just it was really good yeah it really is one of the best storylines for me yeah and i was i'm excited for her to see how it all plays yeah. out because it, as they're leaving they're like can we miranda's like can we not leave on this horrible moment and chase like you're right and oh god it was well it was so well acted just like, it was so like good. they're like clearly crying but they're like no you're right okay i really hope that brady is okay like i genuinely yes do. and i was like that and was like, really sweet It was so sweet because in relationships, there is bound to be conflict and fighting. But if you respect and love your partner and care about them enough to be like, yeah, we're not going to be like bitter Bettys and like 
leave this on a bad note. We're going to leave it on a respectful, loving note. Even though that's all I can give you is this one sentence because I'm upset. It was, it was really good. Like, and that's why I was like, this relationship actually has longevity Mm -hmm. because you can tell that they actually care and love about, love each other instead of like leaving with these shitty feelings. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's really beautiful. So good. Love it so much. So good. Yep. And uh, that's pretty much the episode, eh? Yeah. Yeah. No, it is. Because literally Naya's plot line is that she meets a hot sound guy that like gets handsy with her when she loses her mic Mm -hmm. that's literally it like it's so fucking sad yeah but i did like what you brought up earlier about how she is now being brought into the fold in a more intentional way so like we'll see more for her and we'll see her story so that was that was a good take to to pick up on and then sima and carrie end up at a a shared dinner table talking about their lives sima founds her purse she's everything's well in the world and then the guys are like, hey, ladies, can we chat yeah. with you? They're like, sure. They eventually come over. And then the best thing that I've ever heard in my life is, like, Carrie's just like, and just like that, we realize that New York really can, bloody, bloody, blah. blah, blah. <laughs> and that night, I got COVID. And I was yeah. like, I cannot. Yeah, 100%. It was just... That also was just a quintessential sex in the city moment because it's like they meet hot guys and are like it's like a pan out of them like laughing and flirting and being New York like Mm -hmm. metropolitan woman. And then there's the Carrie voiceover, which, you know, thank God we got the voiceovers back. And and then she says like a funny snarky line about something like COVID. Because basically... Now it's doing that she now actually gets COVID. He has COVID. I know. Oh my God. It was like. But isn't that also just like the reality that if you lie about COVID, you'll probably get it like the next week? (laughs) Exactly. I cannot. So, yeah, that's. You live and you learn. And I. (laughs) Yeah. I loved it so much. So. So funny. Oh, goodness. Okay, that was the first three episodes of And Just Like That. Season two, baby. Season two, baby. Yeah, let us know what your thoughts and feelings are on all these different characters, you know, plot lines and stuff. Our DMs are open. Excited to hear, like, things we missed. Uh, Callbacks to the original show, because that is why we're watching. (laughs) Yeah, literally why we're watching, for sure. Uh, Any final thoughts before we wrap up? Hmm. Yeah, I guess I'm excited to see uh, how Che and Miranda figure this out, and I have faith that it'll be done well, but I'm, I'm just excited to see. I am excited about the Aiden of it all, but not because I like Aiden. I don't like Aiden. I'm one of those fans, but I am still excited to see it, and maybe I'll be turned, uh, but... I always thought he wasn't the one for her because he didn't yes. like the real Carrie. He liked a yes. you know, projection of Carrie. 100%. He liked the, yes, the, what, a different version of Carrie. Okay. But no, you're totally right. I like Aiden as a person, but I was always a team big yeah, same. girl. Yeah. Um, and I also, like, in, I think, season, or sorry, uh, the second movie, mm-hmm. when they reunite... <laughs> He's talking about how he has, like, kids. So I'm like, I just don't also see Carrie as, like, a stepmom. But, yeah, I'm just excited for the the tease of 
uh, Aiden being back. And then, yeah, I'm actually excited for the the Che and Miranda storyline with Brady. And then I'm trying to think, is there any other storyline I care about? <laughs> Maybe Naya getting with someone who, who suits her better than Andre, but yeah. that's literally it. Yeah. Oh, before we get, isn't it crazy they didn't show big at all because of the scandal? Yes. That's a really good point that they have cropped him out of the series, which is for the best. Yeah. Like, yeah. sometimes I think that that's why they killed him off in the first place. Ooh. That they knew that, like, this yeah. could blow up. Well. And they wanted <laughs> to be on the right side of. But yeah. actually, if, if old lore stands true, uh, there was going to be a third movie, right? So check yes. this. So there was going to be a third movie that never got made, and that's why they eventually made this television show. But the yeah. third movie's plot was the literally big dying in a shower. Matcher, uh, Michael Patrick King, sorry, the podcast calls him Mattress Pikelet King. So <laughs> I sometimes want to say Mattress uh, as his name. Uh, he has had that exact plot line planned for like six years. And that's wild. That's though. why partially and why um, Kim Cattrall said no, because she didn't want to be in another moment with Carrie and everybody where her entire plot was supporting, supporting Carrie, Carrie during the grieving. Big, yeah. Oh, my God. And they never ended up making it. And so then they made it. And I remember when I found that out, I was like, that's actually like so unhinged that Mattress was like, I'm I'm not abandoning that. I am killing him in a shower specifically (laughs) that it's just so weird to me also because the show finale ends with you know this big love proclamation from big and then the movies are about them having fights but like coming back together so it just is so weird that they would like that he specifically would want to end yeah like this this series on that note that's why it's almost a good thing it didn't get made because i think it'd be really play really horribly yeah. in a movie yeah just to have it one movie the, like yeah to yeah contain it in that it's like no yeah it needs to be yeah. a series i guess where you really can play out the like arc of yeah. carrie like going through that but it's it's just wild yeah. to me but yeah because that's so weird they they cut him out completely like he's not coming back as a ghost he's not yeah he's <laughs> done all of a sudden they go paranormal on us I would, like, I, had he not been a yeah. creep i would have actually lived for that it's yeah. very twilight coded and i would have died yeah. for it okay but, yeah like apparitions yeah. of big yeah oh my said god you weren't i'm gonna do anything stupid <laughs> yeah she's like running like around the like i don't know like subway tracks or something like that just to see his apparition i'm dead oh i'm so glad we did this me too uh where can listeners find you obviously this is going to be a dual release so but if you're listening on my channel where can the listeners find you thank you yeah you can follow me at date card pod where i do bachelor and other reality tv show recaps through a queer lens you can also follow my new podcast super massive twilight hole on all the platforms it's a silly yet serious twilight fandom deep dive podcast where in which tori was on an episode a most recent one where we talk about robston and all the blind items behind that so good you have to check it so out good. and you can also check out um my campaign to bring 
body diversity to the Bachelor franchise and beyond at Roses for Everybody. Love it. And you can find me on socials at RTBP Podcast and my podcast, Ready to be Petty, wherever you find podcasts. I'm covering trending pop culture Mm -hmm. stories and reality TV and celebrity gossip. So needed. And and you're, because you just do it in such little, like, great little, like, bundles that I think is so easy easy to consume so if you you are listening and you're like i just am overwhelmed by all of this pop culture stuff you (laughs) have to listen to ready petty so do that thank you i appreciate it yes okay bye everybody and just like that we got covid And there you have it. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you to Jenna for joining me on today's episode. You already heard my socials, but if you do want more content from me, you can subscribe to my Patreon, patreon.com slash podcast, and you get access to 41 episodes of RTBP deep dives, as well as access to our patron-only Discord channel and a shout-out from me on an episode coming to your ears sometime soon. I hope you are all safe and healthy out there. As always, I'm your host, Tori, and I am ready to be petty. See you soon. Bye.